It's uh, five minutes past ten on uh, SAFM. Welcome to the second hour of the Talking Point. Thank you so much for your voice notes that were played earlier on. And uh, yeah, it's Brian Hirsch Tuesday because it's Personal Finance Tuesday. I have to warn you, Brian is leaving at 10.30. So you need to bring out your calls in earlier uh, to make sure that you ask him a question. Uh, This morning, Brian is dealing with the importance of persisting with your own investment strategy. Time, time, time. Good morning, Brian. Time, time, time. You're right. Nothing more important in the markets than time in the market. Not timing the market, time in the markets. And so many individuals have been very disappointed because 2022 was a shocking year. Yeah. And that's a global year for markets. Markets were down. Some markets were down anything between 25 to 30%. If you were in equities and if you were in technology. So let me just explain what people don't always realize about markets. If someone had invested a million rand last year on the 1st of January, Mm -hmm. at the end of December, that million rand was worth 800,000. And I repeat, you were down 20%. If you'd put your money in the bank, you would have had 105,000 rand. But that's what markets are about. Markets are long-term. I've always said five, seven years upwards. If you'd been in the market uh, over the last five years, your 100,000 would have done a lot better, certainly globally, than it would have been if you'd had any money market because interest rates were so low. If you'd had that 100,000 in January this year, that 100,000 now would be worth approximately 112 to 120,000 rand. So all I'm trying to point out is that markets have ups and downs. And when you're looking for a growth asset and you're looking at strategy to grow your assets, to create wealth, you do not create wealth sitting in bank accounts. That you do not. You create wealth in asset classes, and the two main asset classes, one is property, that's also been so disappointing the last number of years, and the other is equities. But it's not timing in the market, it's time in the market. And those people who have stayed the course of time, in other words, stayed a long time in the markets because their strategy was long term. And that's another um, misnomer. People say, I'm going into the market for five years, and I've now been in the markets for five years. So I expect the markets, every time you're in the market, you have to look ahead a further five years. And why am I talking about markets when so many people don't believe what's that got to do with us? Mm. Remember, if you've got an endowment policy, if you've got a retirement annuity, if you're a member of a pension or a provident fund, if you're in unit trusts, which includes Signia and Satrix, you are in the market. Mm. So you and so that that's ninety-five percent of working South Africans are in the market, and that's why markets are important. And panicking at the wrong time can only be disastrous. Yeah, and and I also assume a lot of people panicked around uh, COVID uh, because there was a lot of information that we were not really uh, sure of, that we had never been exposed to. And a lot of people ended up also losing their jobs. And losing their jobs means they panicked their way out of their investments. Well, 
where they needed the money, I mean, those that lost their jobs in COVID would unfortunately needed to cash in. Mm. But after COVID, I mean, COVID was a big drop in those first few months, February, March, April 2020. Mm. By the end of 2021 markets were at all-time high so those who panicked and panicked not because they needed the money to live on because they'd lost their job panicked because of the times the COVID we've been there before I mean if you go back to 1945 or even earlier you had the first world war you had the second world war you've had had depressions, you've had crises, you had the Korean War, you had the Vietnam War, we've had the, the, the meltdown, we've had the collapse of the uh, technology stocks in 2000. Mm. We always have had crises that's affected the market. So if you sit through them and you sat through them for a period of time, we are now starting to see recovery. Yeah. Interest rates certainly are preparing to meet to reach their highs in America, which is good for us. Yeah. In the UK, because inflation is still running at about ten percent, likely that interest rates like will rise more, which means the pound is getting stronger. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we're always going to see these crises. Sit with your strategy, sit with your financial plan and say, what is my strategy? What am I trying to achieve? And I, I, I say this ad nauseum. That's what you need to do. Don't become your own financial uh, planner when things are bad and yeah. when you're panicking. Because newspapers and news are all bad. We yeah. never hear anything good. <laughs> we only hear bad news. Yeah. Uh, you know, so... All I'm, uh, the point I'm trying to make is you need to evaluate your strategy. Mm. What am I trying to achieve? This money is for short term. We've spoken about that last week. Mm-hmm. This money is for long term pensions, long term savings. Have you got a different strategy? Together you'll put your overall strategy, but it's difficult to do it yourself. Do mm. it with a financial advisor. The banks have got very capable people. If you can't have a, find a financial advisor around you, you can always contact the Financial Planning Institute. They'll give you the name of a financial advisor who is licensed. Everyone has to be licensed today. We're governed by FASE, which is the Financial Advisory Intermediary Service Act that says to understand, number one, understand your customer, what are they looking for, what is their objective, do a full evaluation of their needs to give them appropriate advice, and at the same time make sure they all know what they are uh, 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 what the costs are and the most critical part is this is the point if you do not understand what your financial advisor and how they're explaining it don't make the investments talk to someone else because it's when you don't fully understand and you've made the investment and then six months later you're not sure why you made the investments and what mm. you're doing that you start doing the wrong things I think that's pivotal advice understanding your financial advisor because ultimately though uh, a lot of people will choose a financial advisor and the financial advisor speaks, but they don't fully grasp what it is that the financial um, advisor is saying. So I think that's something I've never even heard you say before, but I think it's important. Find one that you fully can understand. Even when you ask questions, they're able to explain to you properly uh, so that when you leave your engagement, you're clear what's happening with your money. Keep asking, keep asking. And also understand there is the word risk means you are taking on some risk. Now, risk in the long, if you're investing in markets and you're investing in products, if you look at the long term, long term goes with risk. Mm. The longer your period, the lower your risk becomes. If you're going into the market for six months, enormous risk. If you're going into the market for the next 10 years, a lot less risk because there will be volatility. There will be good times and bad times. Mm. But over a long period of time, you will beat inflation. And the main 
objective of individuals today is to beat inflation. If you don't beat inflation, you stand still. Yeah. If you want to ask Brian a question, please call. The lines are open on 86 2032 uh, Sorry, 86 The WhatsApp line is also open on 61 You can also send an SMS. That SMS uh, will come to you at around 50 and you send the SMS to the number 41391. This morning we are dealing with the importance of persisting with your investment strategy. And it doesn't matter, right, Brian? I think we have a question. Wait, we have a question, then I'll ask what I want to ask after what on voice note. Here's a question for Brian on voice note. Hi, morning, Kenji. So I've got a question regarding um, retirement annuity. I know Brian is doing investments today, but um, the question is regarding retirement annuities that's been paid up. COVID has hit many of us very, very hard. We're over 50, 54 years old, paid up um, retirement annuities, don't qualify for SRD grants because we have so-called money. A friend of mine, as we speak, had to hand over children to her ex-husband and um, is waiting for the landlord to come and fetch the keys. Um, She's practically homeless, yet she's got money. What do we do? Yeah, did you hear that, Brian? Well, you you made the point that retirement annuities are paid up. If the retirement annuity is under 15,000 rand, you can withdraw at any stage prior to 55. Mm -hmm. If it's before 55 and it's more than 15,000, you cannot do anything with your retirement annuity. It's locked in there for you. It is probably growing depending on how you've got it invested. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if, if, if the investment strategy is more growth, then at age 55, that's the first time that you, can't, you can start withdrawing from an RA. Unfortunately, you can't seed it as a collateral. In other words, if you've got other policies, an endowment policy, and you want to make a loan, and you went to the bank and you said, I want to make a loan, and I'm providing you with an pol- endowment policy that's got a cash value mm. of 50000 the bank will give you an advance. Mm-hmm. They can't against re- you can't do that with a retirement annuity. So there's not very much to do. I, I, um, before I forget, KG, yeah. I've got three report backs that I promised to do last week. Please, so, please. So you wanted to ask a question, and then yeah. maybe we can deal with that. No, no, no. Uh, there's a listener who wants to ask a question. So let's deal with uh, your things, and then I can tell you what the listener is saying. Okay, well, the first question was... Uh, someone asked me about QZ management. In fact, they're back. There they are. Uh, let me read it to you. Uh, they're saying QZ uh, uh, asset management. Any more information about that? It was asked last week, so it's yeah. that important to people. Yeah, it's an, all I can say, it's an unlisted company. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it, it was a private placement of approximately 100 million US dollar. And I said the company's not listed, which is always a danger because if a company's not listed, it's easy to get in, but how do you get out? Mm-hmm. There are some concerns that that they that 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 it could be. It may have been rebranded after falling foul in 2020, but that's all they could confirm. That is the one question. The second question asked of me whether the whether the two-part system, whether in government employees will be able 
to borrow when the two-pot system comes in mm -hmm. on the 1st of March 2024. I made the comment that there's still work to be done on that bill, but what we've got at the moment is governed funds are yet to be determined as they are defined benefit funds that's been looked in. So let me explain to you. Yes. Under a defined contribution fund, which most funds today are, the employee makes a contribution, the employer makes a contribution. It's absolutely clear. Companies contributed 50,000, employees contributed 50,000. Mm -hmm. Under a defined benefit fund, the employee makes a contribution and the employer only makes up the difference at retirement when you reach retirement. They don't give you a fixed amount. The younger people subsidize the older people. So there's no fixed contribution. There's an actuarial valuation that they may need to deal with. Yeah. In other words, your fund is worth X at a certain date, mm -hmm. and that's the actuarial value. It, there's no correlation between employer and employee contribution. Not that there's anything wrong. That's how defined benefit funds are worked. So they're going to have to see, are they going to give you a loan on the actuarial valuation or on, in a defined contribution fund, you will be able to. And the government funds are defined benefit funds. So we d don't get, don't panic now. We're waiting for more information. We're now into May, 2nd of May. I can't believe the third of the year is already gone. We should hear things later in the year. And I will keep our listeners posted. I have no doubt about it that that's got to be on their agenda because how can you just leave the public sector to be able to borrow on the funds and exclude government employees? So, We'll hear more. And then thirdly, the question was asked of me, who is Makura? Yeah, Mukuru. M Mukuru. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mukuru, just to let you know, they use Standard Bank. They are a transfer business. Uh, um, uh, it's at Makura Africa PTY Limited. They, they were previously Grow Bank. And all I could find is they use Standard Bank to clear. So I don't see that caller that called in and said, I can't, they won't allow me to access or invest my funds. Mm -hmm. I think you need to speak to a Standard Bank branch and see how you go about it. Uh, that's all the information I could find. I hope that helps our callers. So here's another question. I'm reading it from uh, the voice note. It's from Debuho in the Free State. Good morning, KG. Could you kindly uh, ask Brian to spell for us the Cedric Fund uh, slash investment? Because I have been looking on the internet for it, but I couldn't find it. Which one is the Cedric uh, Fund? Do you okay, remember that? Cedric is S. Oh, Cedric. Oh, the spelling Cedric. is S A T R I X. Cedric. .www.satrix.co.za Now, when you go onto that site, there are lots of different funds. And for those who want to be empowered, read the funds. Read what their investment strategy is. For example, the Satrix 40 Fund will tell you they invest in the top 40 companies in South Africa. And 40 size is by the amount of the value when you multiply the number of shares uh, by the price of the shares, and they invest in those co companies. The Satrix Dividend Fund, for example, they the, those shares are those that pay the highest dividends. Doesn't always mean because a company's paying the highest dividend, it's a great company. It may be, it may have, you know, if a company doesn't have use for its cash, sometimes it pays a lot of dividends. Well, that's not a company you want to be invested in, but read it. Then there's the Satric International Fund, the Financial Fund, but I'll spell it for you again. It's S A T R I X.
Cetrix. Cetrix. Okay. So, I mean, you know, Brian, whenever I'm on air, I'm always very cognizant of the fact that uh, there's younger people that may be getting into the investment space for the first time uh, and are not as experienced as, you know, the older folks in investing. So if somebody just started a job and, uh, you know, you're you, you teaching to for them to persist when they invest, what are you saying they should uh, invest in that will allow for that persistence so that when they get to that age, 50-something plus, there's great returns for them. Well, the minute you start work, the best thing you can ever do is start contributing to a pension fund. And if you leave the job, whatever's in that pension fund, the best thing is to transfer it to a preservation fund. So from an early age, you're contributing to a retirement fund. And the earlier of you start contributing when you start work, you're going to put, be putting away somewhere between 75 to 10%. It's tax deductible. And every year as your salary goes up, you increase it. You will never have to save for retirement again. Mm-hmm. Then when you start looking at, in the, in the, particularly being a younger person, and by the way, let me say this to you, KG, the, the, more, the older you are and the more successful you are doesn't mean you know anything about money. Okay. I mean, someone who's got a motor business, a trucking business, built a phenomenal business in the trucking business, understands transport, sells their business for millions of rands, doesn't mean they understand investing. Yeah. Their business, their, their they expertise, understand business. they understand trucking yeah. and what makes a trucking business. Yeah. So whether you're younger or older, it's, it's, and, and for older people as well, often they don't have. So there and are it's so, also never too late to ever start investing in anything. Well, Better to do something to do nothing. Yeah. If you say, well, it's too late and do nothing. But for younger people, you must remember you, you're going to, when you, we're talking about saving yeah. compared to investing, saving is money you're going to set aside for something you want to do. You may be living at home. You want to go and put a deposit down on a flat in the next two or three years. You may be wanting to buy a car. You're not going to invest that. You're going to save it in a bank. You're getting much better returns now. But when you're investing, you're going to be looking at at funds that you can access, but bear in mind, every fund in the short term has risk. You want to save money monthly, you can put it into Signia, which has a lot of offshore companies, and offshore gives you the advantage of many more global companies than South Africa. For example, if you're looking at technology, we don't have many technology companies globally. If I think of NVIDIA, and I think of Apple, and I think of Amazon, and I think of all the other companies, there's 20 companies you can be investing in. So through the Signia suite of funds, Signia spend spell that Signia S Y N G I A S Y N G I A okay and and then if you're thinking something more local you want to be in mining then you can go into the Satrix mining fund you can see the fi- the funds it's in it's going to be in Anglos it's going to be in Billiton it's going to be in Mondi it's going to be have some gold mines and so you want you think if that's where you want to be put money away put it in monthly I think the minimum is around about three hundred rand. Put it there, carry on. Uh, remember, when you pay 300 Rand a month, your three, the first 300 Rand is there, say, for five years. Your second 300 is only there for four years and 11 months. And in your fifth year, when you put your 300 Rand, it's only going to run for another 12 months. If you put a lump sum away day one in five years' time, 
it will have had its full five years mm-hmm. to grow. So there's a big difference between monthly money and annual money. But again, I keep saying the point, understand what you're doing. Because if you understand what you're doing, if you understand when you buy life insurance, when you're buying disability insurance, when you're making investments, then at all times when you see that cost and you see that debit on your bank statement, you'll understand why, why you've done it. Absolutely. Because if you don't do it, when you run short, it's easy to cancel it. Say, I don't really need it. We, we, we have a lot of voice notes, but okay. we also have a lot of questions. I'm okay. trying to, to skim go. through them. Yeah. So okay. uh, here's another one. They want a formula. Morning, KG and Brian. Some time back, Brian shared a formula for calculating the amount of money one would need on retirement. I need that formula to share it with my 27-year-old son and my 23-year-old do- daughter, Dr. Velin Tlapo in Bloemfontein. Okay. I'm going to give the formula out and 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 it, this is the formula, but I think you need more access. And if you, if you send me an email uh, or you phone my radio line, I will certainly send it to you. But the formula is take the number 85, deduct your age from 85. So let's assume you're age 50. That's 35. 85 times 50 is 35. Divide that by 7, gives you 5. Multiply that by 3 is 15 at 4. You will need at retirement 19 times your annual spend at retirement in capital. You. <laughs> okay. And there's a whole... So can, can I rather... I've given you the formula and I don't like doing that. Because, okay. So uh, uh, I think what you should do is if you want my formula, send me an email. Let me give you the, let me give you the address. Uh, I don't always have it here, but let me see if I can find it for you. Um, it's um, um, uh, Anchor Capital, uh, www.anchorcapital.co.za, and just ask for the retirement formula. And then there's a whole explanation okay. attached behind it. Okay. Hi, Brian. I'm on Cetrix Funds. Uh, uh, sorry, Cetrix Funds 40. I invested 1,000 Rand uh, this year, and I'm 30 years old. I want to know that um, estimation in 10 years' time. Uh, what will be, will it be worth in about 10 years' time? It's Brian Mobile. And so to Brian, uh, please use better language when you you send me a message. I couldn't read your message properly, but I hope I got the message out. Okay. A thousand rand at a 9% return. The He's rule, 30 now. Yeah. There, there's a rule called 72. Divide the rate of return into 72. So at 9% into 72 gives you 8. 1,000 rand in eight years' time will be worth 2,000 rand. If you get 10%, 10 into 72 is 7.2. That means if you invest 1,000 today, in 7.2 years, it'll be worth 2,000 rand. The trouble is if you're investing 1,000 rand every month, the formula is completely different. But that's, that's how you calculate. Okay. Uh, voice notes. Can I please have these two voice notes back to back so that Brian can respond to them? Hi, uh, Kiki. Kindly ask uh, Brian about the Fundisa funds, you know. I just want to find out if we are now able to go and make uh, uh, withdrawals on them since they are no longer you know, existing. Thanks, Kumi Barcelona. 
Right, Fundisa Fund I recommended for many years. It's a government fund involved with Nedbank and other banks. They gave you a bonus. You invested 200 rand a month, and they gave a bonus of 25% a year. Because of tertiary education now being more on the free side, they've now closed that fund. But I've, I've already received my money, and most people who've called me, if you haven't received your funds back, you, you will not be penalized, by the way, where they said if you draw earlier... For non-education, you'll lose the bonus. You haven't lost the bonus. Contact Nedbank or, again, phone me on my radio line. I'll give the number out now, 011-880-4888. My office will give you who you can contact at Fundisa. You should have received the money. And where would it have been paid? Wherever you were making the deduction, wherever the deduction was being taken from your account, the money should have been paid quite a few months ago into that account. Okay, here's another one. Good morning, Katie. One question. Uh, if my company get liquidated, do I still going to get that 50% of the company, including mine? Or, or do I going to get... Uh... No, I'll answer that simply. The, the, the company gets liquidated. It has nothing to do with your pension or provident fund. Your pension and provident fund is, is ex- excluded from any assets of the company. Whatever has been made contributed to you, both your contribution and employer contribution will be available to you. You then have to dis- determine, do I take it and pay the tax? Do I preserve it? What do I do with those funds? And that's critical to people who are saving for retirement is that if you can avoid taking the money and paying tax rather preserve it in your own retirement fund it's called a preservation fund and it's offered by all the investment insurance companies okay another one morning morning SAFM I just wanted to ask Brian there for me please according to the law how much the company is supposed to contribute and the employer as well which percentage employer must deduct? Thank you. Yes. Okay, there's no percentage. It depends on the rules of the fund. Some funds have five employee, five employer, some seven and a half, some have more. Some have employer's contribution that will also pay the cost. So in other words, if you've got a fund where the employer's paying seven and a half and you paying seven and a half, out of the employer's seven and a half may be the cost of life cover, administration, and all other costs. Let me just make one comment on that. There's no obligation for an employer to put in a retirement provision in place for the employees. There's nothing that's, that's legal. The employee therefore cannot, cannot legally demand that the employer participates in an occupational fund, whether it be a pension or provident fund. But that doesn't mean employers can't come together and approach an employer as an employee group and say, we would like you to consider a retirement fund. There's nothing stopping okay. the employee group. Individual may be a little bit nervous. They may be scared about losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. But as an employer group, even if you're not unionized, you should be able to get enough support to do this. Bearing in mind, if an employer puts in a fund, you're going to have to pay something towards it. It's not going to be all the employer's cost. But okay. you're saving both yours and the employer. Okay, Brian, your contact details. This zero one one double eight zero four triple eight. Zero one one double eight zero four triple eight. And uh, please, if you do not leave 
where you are phoning from, I will not call you back. Yeah. Simply because when I call and I can't get through, I can't pass your message on to, to someone else. in your region. Yeah. And I can't call again. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Sorry it was so quick. And, uh, <laughs> no, KG, it's fine. I shall be listening to the jazz. <laughs> Thank Take you. Care. Thank you, Brian. It's 10.32. Time for the news headlines. Thank you.